The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 294 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is Parish Caring for Communities. Now, community caring means caring that's mostly provided outside of healthcare facilities. And there's much, much need for community caring in today's communities. Now, some community caring is provided by what I call official programs offered by local, regional, or national even healthcare and social systems. But these have the boundaries mostly arising from availability of funding and also from matters of jurisdiction which means in practice that many needs for community caring remain unmet. And one source of help for unmet needs for community caring is groups organized by churches, which is why our topic, Parish Caring for Communities, is so interesting and important. To discuss it, my guests are Karen Lee and Pat Weller. Now, Karen has been St. Peter's Parish Nurse since January 2011. Um, She became a registered nurse in 1974 after she graduated from Lima Technical College, Lima, Ohio, with her associate degree in nursing. In 1978, she moved to Toronto where she married the Reverend Michael Lee. She's worked in several hospitals in the USA and Canada in intensive care, emergency, and medical surgery. In 2007, she and Michael moved to Coburg, Ontario, after serving four parishes in southern Ontario and Newfoundland. In 2013, she completed her three-year course in parish nursing through the Interchurch Health Ministries Canada, and she says she's enjoying her work as the parish nurse. Now, Pat is involved in establishing and helping to run NeighborLink Northumberland. That's that's an organization in which 15 local churches of 11 different denominations work together to respond to requests for many types of assistance. Pat's awards include the Ontario Medal of Citizenship, Rotary's Paul Harris Award, and the Town of Coburg Volunteer of the Year. She started a milk and meat program for food banks to encourage more protein to be included in handout packages for people in need of a healthy meal. She's a team member assisting with distribution of financial aid to people in financial crisis. 
And her background is that she grew up in the UK and left school early for what she calls family economic reasons. So, Karen and Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Karen, let's start with you, please. Please tell us more about your life and experience with caring. Karen, please. Um, I grew up in a small community, as you said, in Ohio, and I was known as Bill Jones's daughter. That's how small it was. We were our family was very active in the Christian church there, so even from the beginning at birth, I was taught to love our neighbors. My dad had heart disease, and uh, in fact, he had his first heart attack when I was seven, and he was 34. So I think that influenced my life to my life's decision to enter nursing. I was 20 when I graduated, which was quite young, but um, the, the life of caregiving did expand many places and many directions. I loved working with cardiac patients, probably partly because of my dad, but I enjoyed the intense caregiving I had with patients and the family. When I married Michael, uh, whom you have already said was an Anglican priest, I think I became an unofficial parish nurse long before I carried officially the title. Um, our experience of 18 years in Newfoundland was great. I, I enjoyed the outports, uh, the nursing. I learned so very much. And it was the first time I really had cared as a nurse uh, for parishioners because we were in the local, I worked in the local clinic. Um, we parented two daughters uh, and I love providing care now for my three beautiful grandchildren. In fact, I'm looking at them, and I'm sorry I can't show their pictures. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, go on. Uh, uh, in 2010, I was thinking I needed to retire from hospital nursing, and I was asked to take this this position as parish nurse. And I turned it down a few times, but then I thought, you know, God was really trying to tell me that this is where I was supposed to go. So in order to do that, I had to start classes, which I hadn't planned at my life at this time in my life, but I did. And for anybody who wants to know more about parish nursing, I'm going to speak some more later, but um, ICHM.ca, and they cover it quite quite clearly, the things that that uh, you need to do to become a parish nurse or to have a parish nurse. Right. Good. Now, let's go to Pat. Please tell you, Pat, please, tell us more about your life and experience with caring. Pat? Well, quite frankly, for the first 10 years of my life, I was a spoilt brat. I can't really remember much about any of my experience with caring at that time. However, in 1939, now we're going back a few years, my family were on holiday when war was declared. Um, My parents returned to our home in Surrey, which was not far from London, due south from London, actually. And my brother, Jock, who was six years my junior, and myself were left in the care of a farmer's wife in Cornwall. And Cornwall... They wanted to leave me there, I believe us both there, I assume, because Cornwall is as far west from London as you can get in England. But my brother took this separation from our mother very badly, and he was difficult, and he played up, and he was not easy to handle. And the temporary guardian that we have, the farmer's wife, wasn't really all that kind. She was probably a very busy lady, and these evacuated children were not something that she'd put in her 
work schedule. Um, however, I did my best to defend Jock and look after him. And by Christmas, though, that Christmas, we were back in Surrey. Then, between the age of 10 and 50, when I actually settled in Canada, I lived a nomadic life, probably moving residences between 35 to 40 times in that period. Um, and I can only, I really can only think, I think, of about one more effort at doing something to help others um, before I sort of got married and had a family. And that effort was a total disaster. So um, my early days with caring were limited and not always successful. Right. Patton, we're going to come back to ask you about the later things and the later experiences. So now let's go back to Karen. Please tell us more about your work in parish caring for communities. In other words, your your work now as the parish nurse. Karen? Um, I really appreciate this question because I get asked a lot of times, what do you do? Because a lot of people don't understand that churches can have nurses. But um, I am really appreciated here at St. Peter's. So um, I, I really am glad that finally I get to integrate my faith with the art of nursing, because in the hospital setting, you don't always get to do that, where now I'm asked to pray. So that, that in itself has been great. Um, St. Peter's is no stranger to parish nursing. I'm the third um, we, in 2014, we began our 18th year with a parish nurse, and I followed two wonderful—excuse me—two wonderful women. Um, one specialty was mental health. The second one was gerontology. So I came along with cardiac. So it, we've been a very good blend for this congregation. You get great support from our clergy. We have new clergy now. Judy was a, a registered nurse before she was ordained, and her husband Andrew. And the congregation, and as well, I'm supported greatly by a health and healing committee. They plan the education sessions. They hold the blood pressure clinics for me. They help us pastoral care in the three nursing homes and five retirement residences that we have in Coburg. So what do I do? I uh, don't do hands-on care. We're not allowed to do that because that's what community health is for. But I do um, go into homes and visit, especially if they're sick or if there's a spiritual need as well that I need to address. Um, parish nurses promote health, and the way I do that is through bulletin boards, publications. Um, in fact, Pat's husband is the editor of our wonderful newsletter, and every issue I, I write up an article for that. And um, I encourage these blood pressure clinics. I'm a health educator in that I talk to groups and I hold sessions. This year it was on hand washing because of the the um, flu season was upon us. I've talked to Sunday school about hand washing and the preschool, gone into our preschool. And I talked about hands-on CPR, which is relatively new to a lot of people. Um, and another purpose of a parish nurse is to support, to uh, help develop support groups. So. In this congregation, we tried a caregiver support group, and which just meets sporadically now because they were so busy caregiving. And we have a circle of hope, which is for cancer patients, but we go at, at from a Christian point of view. 
Right. Now, Karen, I'm just going to stop you there because, unfortunately, we run out of time in this, in this work. But you'll get a chance to talk more about that in, um, in the following segment. Because okay. I want to go to Pat now. And it's the same question, Pat. Please tell us more about your work in parish caring for communities. Well, <clears throat> firstly, I really have to tell you that although I attended a faith-based boarding school in, in England, and after leaving school, I did attend church, mostly on a Friday evening, because that was when the boys attended, I gradually grew right away from the church and didn't return until I was 40 whilst living in Cape Town. There, I had a friend who proceeded to nag me and nag me to help her, and I was dubious, but I did agree finally to help her with Sunday school, strictly on a temporary basis, of course. (laughs) Then... (laughs) Um, but um, well, then then I think um, I was and I was working at that time, and then later, um, a few years later, my husband and I I remarried again, and my husband and I lived in North York, which is a large suburb of of Toronto, um, and things got done involving my church at the time, such as being involved with the local school um, food bank and and generally doing outreach things and being in contact with the with the community but some of the, one of the good things we did was that we managed to organize an ecumenical choir to sing christmas carols at the local town hall and it was a big town hall and it was great because people came in and they they sat on the stairs and they stood up in the balcony and looked over and we did it for quite a few years, and it was actually attended by the mayor at the time, and he happened to be Jewish. Um, uh, however, by the time I retired at the ripe age of 60, I then definitely knew what I wanted to do, and I wanted to work with people, share my faith, and work, if at all possible, interdenominationally. And then things just happened. Right. Now, I'm going to stop you again now because this is the point at which we have to take the break. And I'll explain why that in a moment. This is a very, very interesting story that both of you tell of how you become involved in this parish work, because you plainly both care for it very much. Now, it's time for us to take the break. This is where I say we have to pay our rent. This is Dr. Gordon Etherley and my guests are Karen Lee and Pat Weller. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be coming back. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
we're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Karen Lee and Pat Weller. Our topic is Parish Caring for Communities. Now, both of you, please, I want to talk about you to talk about the challenges experienced by the people whom parish caring cares for. So starting with you, Karen, please, what are the main types of challenges experienced by families whom parish caring cares for? Karen? Um, in our congregation, uh the seniors and above are much more prevalent. So our challenges, uh, I don't see the challenges as much, but I do think about them as well as I think how we can enlarge this ministry. So I think about how money has played a part. Cost of housing is higher, food, fuel. Um, a lot of our families' parents both work. Then, then there seems to be over-involvement of the kids. There's never, of the family, there's never enough time. You know, the alarm clock goes off in the morning and everybody's feet hits the floor and they're in motion again until bedtime. Meal times are a challenge. I hear a lot of them say, oh, we had to eat at McDonald's again. So that influences their health and um, their health, their diet and their healthy lifestyle. So the expectations are very high of themselves. Then we have a few families that underemployed or un, are unemployed or underemployed, and so they only have so many dollars and they can only stretch so far. So I think they feel guilt because they can't afford the activities or the right clothes. So their struggle is to put food on the table and clean clothes in the closet. And also, even in as small as Coburg is, the divorce statistics are unsettling. Broken homes, and then we end up with with blended families that really work hard to blend the family. And again, we have another thing I see a lot of is families with aging grandparents. I think because so many of us waited so long to get married and we have our children and then now our our parents are retiring or becoming more aged. And so uh, I guess that's why they call us the sandwich generation because the kids are the li- one slice of bread and our parents are the second, the other slice of the bread and we're stuck in the middle trying to please both slices of the bread. So it's very, I think for them, it's a big challenge and it's one that, that we do try to meet here. 
Right. Um, Pat, what yeah. are the main types of challenges experienced by adults? That is, you know, people who um, are in adult life, um, but the challenges occur to them as individuals. What are the types of challenges there? Pat, well, please. Well, there are a number of challenges. Perhaps the most subtle one is adults looking after elderly parents. The, those adults who are working and might even still have children at home are really pulled and pushed to find the time to do all they have to do. There are some support agencies in the area, but the, the brunt of all the responsibility falls on the adult caregiver. And also, too, the adult may actually have retired, so technically is a senior. Admittedly, that person, one would think, is not working and may have more time, but when they reach the age of retirement, his or her, her own health is not always that good. And loneliness can creep in here because the person is unable to get out, losing touch, you know, with the people who they've known. And they know that they should be doing this, but at times they even feel resentment. Another challenge, I think, is experiencing underemployment or no employment at all and the consequences of that scenario. Sometimes the parish can help. Our parish actually has established a crisis fund and sometimes we can help with unexpected expenses. Our parishioners give us kindly contribute to the to, uh, money, and then we go through a process, obviously, of of um, finding out what the actual need is, and where possible, we try and help with money. And often, we will help and work alongside the uh, Roman Catholics and Vincent de Paul, and even some of the service clubs. However, whichever way we look at it. It's poverty. Poverty is coming in, as you can hear from, from Karen as well, and poverty um, is insidious. From the September to the end of May, Monday to Friday, five local churches provide soup, sandwiches, desserts, etc. For, for lunch for anyone in the community. And between, it's mostly downtown community because Coburg has got a small downtown, but then it's really quite spread out after that. Between 15 to 35 people attend daily. Some come, eat, and depart. Others eat and come and look for companionship. And on Tuesdays, there's a foot clinic, and one of our previous parish nurses runs that. There's no charge, of course. Um, and she would only look, clean up people's feet and look at them and then advise what they should do. There's also, this year we started um, dental hygiene with Fran, and she's great. She sits down at the tables and she talks <laughs> to the people. And yeah. they, now, I, Pat, I'm only going to stop you now because I'm just in the interest of time, but you will be talking more about these things okay. in the next segment. So, Karen... What are the main types of challenges experienced by children and adolescents whom parish caring cares for? Okay. I think with children, I see that they live very scheduled lives. It's almost like they're over-programmed. To slide in something from church is difficult because they're doing so many other things. They need to find time to play and be kids. I even had a mother say to me a few days ago, I don't know that they don't even know how to play anymore, her children. And uh, I hear my daughter even say, hurry, hurry, hurry. Like they, so kids hear this all day long. Um, 
Also, in children where homes where money is a grave concern, they have the challenge of not being like the others because they can't rest like them. But in both cases, I think homework might suffer because I think the schools are seeing that here. Um, we do have an Anglican church nearby that received a grant from uh, Anglican uh, FaithWorks, and now they're addressing literacy by helping with reading and homework for grades 2 to 8, so that is great. And with adolescents, I think they're a whole different group on their own. It seems like peer pressure is so great. They're cheesed about going to church or saying they're Christians. They feel pressure from magazines that they have to be beautiful or smart or handsome or perfect. And that's really hard for them to cope. Many cope well, but those who don't, we're seeing eating disorders, we're seeing cutting, we're seeing that they're experimenting with drugs and sex, and just disobedience because they want to be cool. Um, and they all seem to need to be connected all the time. You always see them walking down the street with their phone in their hand. So a, a challenge for them not very long from now will be that they just lack social skills because they don't practice them. And another concern I see as a challenge for adolescents is obesity because I observe that that is becoming a problem with, with the, the kids I see. Thank you, Karen. I'm going to move to Pat, but these are all issues that really do strike home in our communities. Uh, what you've both been painting so far is a, a very clear picture of problems associated with the economic state and other issues. Now, Pat, what are the main types of challenges experienced by aging adults? You, you both talked about the pressure on adults looking after aging adults. Well, what are the challenges they, they themselves experience? Pat? I think loneliness, um, infirmities which lead to diminished mobility, and totally unexpected shortage of cash for some, and ongoing poverty for others. We can we can cover the loneliness in many ways through the church because um, it's often a form of transportation to get either to church itself or to play cards or have a handcraft session or exercises. And either NeighborLink or the church will provide transport. The Super Time program, which is the luncheon program, is available for people. And also within the parish, there's a buddy system. You know, somebody phones twice, once or twice, a person once or twice a week. The diminished mobility is, again, around transport, probably, maybe help with shopping. Um, also, we are a little careful about visiting in homes, except parish, parish people visiting a fellow parishioner, because sometimes there's risks of insurance problems. And the unexpected shortage of cash, again, we have, a, we have the system of the crisis fund, and then as we were Talking before, we have at the luncheon, we have a dental hygiene and somebody will help there. But again, the dental hygiene, if there is a need for teeth, um, that's not covered by our social um, medical system. And it's a burden on the health system and they don't have the money to, to do this. And I think that seniors in poverty is the saddest spectacle of all. They've worked hard, but maybe they've worked on their own, and their pension is very, very small, and they have no other money coming in. And um, when, they, when they want help, 
They can't, if they own a home, there's no help available. If they have failing health, like um, teeth again, there's no OHIP, so there's no other help. So sudden expenses are quite dramatic occurrences for, for seniors who live in the, still live in their own homes if they can. Now, what's coming back to me from what you've both been saying, one of the, the single word that's come back to me is poverty. That is, people in financial distress of one type or another. Now, just very quickly, starting with Karen and then with Pat, have I understood you correctly? Karen? Um, I think so, because, in, I mean, we all know in this world we need money, don't we? Food. For, for the basic necessities of life. And um, with underemployment or no employment at all, or like Pat said, with the seniors, they, those that just get a small pension from the government, they really do struggle. And so we are gravely concerned about that here. Right. Now, quest, same question to you, Pat. Have I got it right that poverty is, is, if not the key, but certainly a very powerful influence on the kind of things you've been talking about? Pat? Yes. Yes, I agree. It definitely is. Now, what that, of course, raises is the question of what's to be done. And in the next segment, we're going to be talking about what parish caring can do. But it seems to me that there are wide, wide issues here that you've identified that are going to be challenging uh, at all levels and in all ways. So we're going to, at this point, take the break. Um, this is Gordon Atherley, Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Karen Lee and Pat Weller. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. 
That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Karen Lee and Pat Weller. Our topic is parish caring for communities. Now let's talk about how parish caring in communities actually helps people in overcoming the kinds of challenges, the types of challenges you've just been talking about in the past, in the previous segment. So, Karen, the question is for you. How does parish caring help families with the types of challenges they experience? You've already mentioned some of this. Please go into more detail. Karen, help for families. Okay. Um, I think uh, our clergy and our health and healing ministry and entire congregation really do find it challenging to meet these the needs of these of the the challenges of the families, possibly because of their time constraints because they are very busy doing what they do. We do offer uh, family get-togethers. We offer, um, uh, Andrew has just started offering a modern service that's called Uptown because it's upstairs in our downtown church. Uh, We have confirmation classes, uh, junior choir, a Sunday school. And um, right now Andrew is updating our website so that we can use good use of technology because families tend to use computers, not read the newspapers. Um, I do want to say that most of our families are comfortable in that they earn a good wage. It's just that there are so many places for it to go. Um, the other tools that we do have here at the preschool at the at church is we have a wonderful, wonderful preschool. Uh, Linda is a very gifted person who teaches, and um, some of our parishioners do help. In fact, Pat reads on Thursdays, and we have a 93-year-old woman, Jeanette, who comes in and makes snacks for them on one or two days a week. So that's great uh, parishioner uh, participation. Linda's theory is that no computer should be in there because the kids are learning to play. Play is their work as they go from center to center. And um, Andrew this year has started a coffee time on Tuesday so that the parents that of these children that come, and we have a full class now with 30 on various days, um, that the parents have an opportunity to share ideas as well and, and uh, network back and forth. I do want to say something about one of our students. He's a cute little guy. He has a devoted and a single mother. And this Christmas, we, this past Christmas, which would be 2013, we got sort of a message that it was going to be a sparse Christmas. So a couple of the grandmothers here rallied around and filled his crayoned list. And um, meanwhile, we were thinking about the mothers well, so a group called Women Helping, Helping Women found a surprise for the mom. And one item on his list, though, was a purple blankie. And so we asked Fran, who does prayer shawls for our prayer shawl ministry, if she would do a purple blankie. And I think that was the most exciting gift for him. He was delighted, his mother said. Uh, Another situation that I have ongoing is concerns a broken relationship. The parent was left with 
children and they really are struggling. So part of my role as parish nurse is to help negotiate this path through the community services, like legal aid, right. professional counseling. So that is ongoing as long as... I'm go- going to stop you there only because of this, this tyranny of time. <laughs> okay. Now, Pat, how does parish caring help children and adolescents with their challenges. You've already said some things about this, but please say more. Pat? Well, we're an old church, established in 1819, actually. But what I really mean is our congregation, as Karen's indicated, is mostly elderly. We do have the usual Sunday school and the summer camp, and the children appear on trucks at the time of festivals, you know, the Santa Claus Parade, Canada Day. But our contingent is small, and... Our assistant priest, Andrew, is very good with our adolescents. But there is one story I'd like to tell you, and I'm not quite sure if it fits the program, but it is about the children. In 2005, St. Peter's twinned with St. Mark's in Mizuzu, which is a large town in northern Malawi in Africa. And the first joint program was to feed 250 orphans once a week. They were orphan children looking after their own siblings, and it was all because of the result of AIDS. One of our young children, Kylie, turning seven, requested relatives and friends not to give her birthday presents, but please donate money, which she wanted to go to the children in the orphan feeding program. Kylie is an education person. This is her, this is her thing, and this is what she wanted to share. Kylie is 12 now, and all her gifts have gone to helping building an education program. Kylie and her younger sister have held fundraising dinners with many of their friends, and they've shared their dance classes as part of a program and many other money-raising activities. But some of the orphans now are getting education in Malawi, and some have actually got jobs. And recently, we were asked to send... Um, money, which is a, a system that we do for books for the younger children. The books, of course, have to come from Africa and be related to African things. But it was books for younger children. And the books have been purchased, and now it is the educated older children who are reading to the younger children. So this is really a case of Africans helping Africans. And it's all wonderful. through one child. Yes, wonderful. Extension of parish caring beyond Coburg. Karen, how does parish caring help adults adults with the type of challenges they experience? Karen? Okay. Uh, Pat mentioned about uh, the ongoing challenge of having elderly parents. So I uh, help them, these uh, younger parents, to navigate the health care system if they ask. I have a clinic on Fridays from 9 to 1, and people are free to come. And sometimes I've had up to like 25 people come to these clinics. And one of the subjects is, is uh, a few weeks ago was about this. And so a young woman came, and she wanted to speak about how she can help her mother. And so we talked about the Community Care Access Center, which is how Ontario uh, bases its caseworkers. Um, I talked about perhaps doing a care team of friends so that she could go out and not worry about leaving her mother to, when she went to buy groceries. Uh, we're contributing a family, a friendly visitor from our pastoral care team to add to that care team. Um, I also discussed about the environment. Was it safe? Maybe she needs a walker. 
And I suggested perhaps maybe the hairdresser or the foot, foot, her foot care person could just come to the house when it was necessary and um, her mother wasn't able to leave the house. Uh, one t- another subject that Pat talked about was loneliness because chronic loneliness can become clinical depression if it's if it's uh, in, in continues. So we have various groups here. Um, one group is called Friends at Ten. They meet while I have my clinic, and so people can come and have cup of, have a cup of tea, coffee, and visit with their with the people that have come. So that has worked really well. On Thursday morning, we also have a service where there's social time afterwards. And as Pat mentioned before, rides are arranged for people to come to that. So that has worked really well. Um, One other thing that this congregation has done since the first parish nurses have confidential care teams, and they're formed for a specific need. And I will give an example. We had a a woman that... uh, needed someone to be with her every afternoon because she was having problems with confusion after surgery. And so we formed a team of 10 women. Five were her friends and five were women from the church that knew her. And um, it worked really, really well. Unfortunately, she did die in December of 2013. But one thing as closure is we all re- attended her funeral and we prepared dinner for her family as on the day of the uh, on the day of the funeral as a means of closure, so we worked. We helped Sue, and we also helped ourselves in the grieving process. Right, Pat. Back to you. Mm-hmm. How does parish caring help aging adults? And I'm thinking here of adults who may be starting to lose their memory, um, are suffering the poverty you talked about. Please say more about how. Pap- parish caring helps in those situations? Well, I think we help in a number of ways. Um, Yes, you're right about losing the memory. And we do have a buddy system, and lonely seniors are phoned once or twice a week, as I've mentioned. They're visited, and they're picked up by car to come to church or events happening at church. But one help that immediately comes to mind is around a large um, nursing home called the Golden Plough. Um, and as part of our pastoral care team, um, three of us visit on a regular basis to help residents to what is commonly known as chapel, which is, we have, there's a chaplain at the Golden Plough, and chapel is really a sort of church service. It's songs, a prayer, more songs, a short talk, more songs, and sometimes, if you're lucky, tea. But once a year, it is St. Peter's turn to provide the October birthday tea party. This entails a large decorated cake, plenty of ice cream, a pianist, a singer, and someone to tell the odd joke. Karen helps with the singing. Actually, one year, due to someone forgetting to attend from our team, she landed up doing the jokes, singing, and playing the piano, and was most successful. Anyway, about a dozen people or less celebrate their birthday in October, but the total count of people attending is usually 60, in their wheelchairs, with their walkers, the same as the things that happen with chapel. Every, everybody gets there if they can. So you see, the moral of the, the, the story is it doesn't matter how old you are, everyone enjoys a party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fabulous instance of community caring, isn't it? Pat, Pat did I interrupt you? Had you another thing no, I wanted really, to say? No, that's really. 
Um, right. we, we've touched it on other things, and of course we have told you about the, the lunches and things and, and, and some of the things that are available there. Yeah. What I'm going to say quickly back to you both and is this, that what's coming through very strongly is that sense of caring, um, which is the matter of people supporting each other. Um, through all kinds of difficulties and people enjoying themselves with each other in all kinds of nice situations and people fitting in with each other's needs. And that seems to me to be a very powerful message. Now, once again, we have the break to take and so we're going to do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guests are Karen Lee and Pat Weller. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Karen Lee and Pat Weller. Our topic is Parish Caring for Communities. Let's talk about, both of you, what more you would like to do and see done through parish caring to help people experiencing the types of challenges you've just described. So starting with you again, Karen, what more would you like to do through parish caring to help families and children and adolescents experience the types of challenges that you've talked about? Karen? Um. 
I, uh, if I had more time and more resources, I think I would address obesity simply because it, it's an outside issue as well as an inside issue. Um, 29% of adolescents in Canada are obese, considered obese, and adults it's 59%. So it can lead to other health issues like heart disease and diabetes. So I think people would feel better about themselves if they felt better inside as well as outside. And I think I would, I would do it simply by cooking classes, enlist the, cooks, the wonderful cooks we have here at St. Peter's um, so that they could talk to families and kids about grocery shopping, preparation, those kind of things. Uh, the other thing is I have a concern about teenagers. Um, my daughters were used to be teenagers. Um, most of are wonderful kids, but they seem to just struggle with the demands of this world. So I think if we could guide them to see themselves as a person that God sees them, as a whole person, and not just their outward appearance, would be a big challenge for all of us to do. Right. Very good. Pat, what more would you like to do through Parish Caring to help adults and seniors experiencing the challenges? Pat? Well, Uh, this is a, a good, this is a good question, and it's a good exercise for me. It um, it pointed out a number of things much more forcibly when I got down to thinking about it. So thank you very much for inviting us to be your guests. You're I would like to see that we work much more together with organisations, especially other faith communities, with everybody. That's the special agencies and 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 everybody to make the lines of communication with each organization much more direct and easier to access and understand because many of the ongoing needs are around funding and there's never enough money. So I would, I would actually like the school board maybe even to set up something in schools to help younger people understand budgeting. As my parents always used to say, money doesn't grow on trees. And I guess now that I'm classified as an elder, even more than a senior, and if I say anything that's out of place, people just look, look behind their hands and say, little senile. But my sense of expectations of many is they want more of what they have already. We live in the best country in the world. We're well looked after. But I think too many people are greedy, and waste is unbelievable. And we're in the process of ruining our planet for other gen- those generations to follow. I've mentioned before poverty is insidious and we seem to be widening the gap between the rich and the poor with a diminishing middle class. If our society is only two classes, will we sink back to the, a feudal system? Very interesting comment. Now, I want to ask you to give your message, both of you, same question, What is your message, Karen, first of all, for family caregivers, families and family members about parish caring? What's your message to them? Karen? I would like for them, for all family caregivers of all ages, to remember that whatever situation is challenging them, they don't have to be alone in it. Um, Here at St. Peter's, we have a team. We have myself, the clergy, the parish care workers, a congregation of loving people. As for myself, I always welcome talking to them, and also the most important thing would be listening to their concerns. I have a little story to tell you about a parish nurse, not myself, but how concerned parish nurses can be for their parishioners. Um, Janice uh, 
got a call from an older lady, and the older lady's cat was sick. But it was also making her sick at heart. So the cat was supposed to have some kind of treatment for three days, and, and the lady wasn't able to give it. So my friend Janice went to the house, treated the cat, but in the most importantly, she treated the person because um, it, it, it mentally and physically helped the parishioner in the long run. So that's just what we do. That's a great, that's, that's treating something that, or a creature that mattered to the person is treating the person. Pat, what's your message for family caregivers, families and family members about parish caring? Pat? Well, one of the church's primary missions, of course, is to care for others. And churches have not changed that mission, but it seems to have been lost. But church and faith is no longer meaningful to many. It's often scorned and treated with, with indifference. I believe our outreach helps people in many ways, and especially in ways when they don't feel demeaned or intimidated, which can often happen by all the rules and regulations put in place by government and agencies just in order to get the job done. I feel that one of the messages that should be coming from the church is that we do care. We are not a club, although sometimes we behave like one. <laughs> and our outreach caring does its best to serve with love, and we do want to help, and when we do, we do it well. That's my message. Very, very clear message. Now, I want to say to both of you, first of all, thank you. But secondly, I want to say in a straightforward way, what you're doing and the way you're doing it and who you're doing it for and why you're doing it are profoundly important in a society that has the problems you've talked about, but also a society which sometimes doesn't seem to really care very much about the situations that the less fortunate people among us are in. And when people like you both and all the people you're working with are doing the things that you've been describing in the way that you do these things, the caring, and you're working in and out of the system, the healthcare system, the social services system, you're working with <laughs> the families and their pets, you're working with the families and their children, you're working with schools. All of that is the community being developed and strengthened at a time when I think some of us worry that communities are getting weaker and that you both are informed and inspired by spirituality is something else that I want to say loud and clear matters because you're doing it because you believe that it is the thing to do and that's the, your spirituality. So all I can say to you is in a very f formal way, keep up the good work because it matters. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about topics, ideas for topics, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be what individuals should know about protecting their genetic information. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.